0: Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy Podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking to Lana Nahawi, a female embodiment coach based in Dubai who helps women fully discover, grow, and express themselves. She encourages women to look inside rather than outside to reconnect to our authentic, intrinsic power just by being ourselves. Hi, Lana. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It is very nice to meet you. Um, I've recently been introduced to this sort of embodiment field, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm so interested because embodiment, just tell me what embodiment is and why we need it. Well,
1: it is. Difficult to describe and define, action because it almost feels like um, asking the question to define what love is exactly. So the truth is it's in the feel of it. But the short answer is it's to inhabit oneself. Mm -hmm. So if I were to... Google what embodiment means. Um, Google describes it as the representation of something or a quality in a visible or a tangible form. So if I were to ask you, if I say that you embody kindness or you embody strength, that means it's visible on you. So from the coaching perspective, when I bring embodiment into my coaching uh, uh, container, uh, it is about Embodying your true self, 100% authentic self. That's the longer answer, but the feel of it is uh, is unique to each single person because our composition, our constitution is unique. Examples of embodiment could be, um, apart from just like embodying a visible quality like kindness or strength, um, if embodied experience. So if I were to give you a recipe and ask you to read it, it's a very different experience if you actually make it. You feel you know it experientially if you have your entire body included in the process. And if you repeat it, it becomes cellular. So it becomes anchored in your in your experience. So that's an example of embodied experience. And there are so many other examples to explain what it feels like to come from that situate yourself from that place of uh, feeling something in in your body Mm -hmm. Um, there are practices embodiment practices that make you feel like you've come home to yourself you you basically feel that connection with who you are whether it is meditation if meditation doesn't work for you it could be movements it could be just taking a deep breath So many practices and modalities exist out there to hone that sensitivity to oneself. And it's basically something that we already know, we already do, but not the capacity that we can be doing because we have been disconnected, disembodied because we are running on autopilot. So... Embodiment is really about coming home to your body, remembering your body, remembering the sensations, the language of the body and everything that the body includes, because it's the one aspect of your life that you have from when you are born till the day you die. It changes, but it is that one constant. And that is where your whole wisdom and experience and history and uh, your feelings of Uh, of uh, joy and pain and aliveness, they all exist within this body. So embodiment is coming home, remembering that and connecting to who you
0: really are. Can you give us some examples of what it is like to be really disconnected?
1: Examples of what it's like to be really disconnected. Well, I would say There is this collective inertia that is happening at the moment where we are all running on autopilot. We wake up and before we even think of just feeling ourselves or taking a deep breath or, you know, just connecting with how we're feeling, we just jump into automatic go mode you know there's there's this uh, functionality over functionality that we're habituated to exist within and um and uh we override our feelings so for instance if you are waking up in the morning you really need just that you know to Go slow, but you don't because you have to rush to take the children to school or to go to work without really listening to the messages of the body. That is an example, but on a larger scale, I think there is this collective, this embodiment, this collective disconnection from who we are because we are living according to standards that have been preset for us, you know, whether it is a capitalistic structure that we exist within to. Um, a value system that might have been instilled within your family environment or societal cultural norms or expectations that we set on ourselves or others people have set on us so um, so the disconnection is visible in our burnout it is visible in the levels of stress the levels of disease exacerbated disease and you know to to take it further that disconnection the, the biggest example is the impact that we've had on the planet so um our our bodies we are part of nature and we are we are nature and the way we are treating ourselves is reflected in nature and what is happening is you know on this earth is a manifestation of our own speed our own disconnect our own way of living
0: so I mean the surface is like oh everyone's on their phones they're disconnected but under that is like the big one which is like so many people are living lives that they aren't choosing that have just been, they're mm-hmm. sort of like living a life that they're told they should live. And to go from the disillusionment of recognizing that to stepping outside of it is a massive process, like to recognize mm-hmm. that those things don't apply to you. So, you know, to realize that you're living according to labels and external expectations, how do you walk people through that? Cause that's like very, That's huge.
1: It is huge. It is um, a lifelong process because it took a whole life to get to this point. It took a whole life of conditioning that embedded itself and created this internal scaffolding, you know, that is, is quite a constructed structure within us. So, um, and it be, and that structure becomes familiar, whether we like it or not, it becomes familiar. We identify with it, with it and we are, we feel safe there because it's all we know. So it's very difficult to move towards something else and to change. Um, so it really depends on how ready a client is to move towards change. So it could be that they are ready to, take in some seeds it's, uh, or to create some subtle changes or go through a cathartic peak experience or a dramatic life-altering experience, which typically happens when somebody is going through a dramatic event or a crisis or some, a large change like a move to another country or a divorce mm-hmm. or a loss of uh, employment. So it really depends on the stage, the age, where a client is uh, that informs their readiness. But I think we're evolving all the time. It just might be about, it just might be specific to um, how much we're able to take in at any given time, what our capacity to receive and to engage and to be outwards is. Um, it's uh, it is the current rhetoric as well that, you know, we are on autopilot, so it's not that it's not like people are not aware of it. It's just how do you embody that knowledge? How do you not have it as intellectual conversation on social media? And how do you actually embody change that you want to go through in your life. So so there is this intellectual understanding, then there is the readiness of, of the person and the stage that they're in and how willing and open and curious they are and their capacity. And then it, we really go into the heart of matters. We go into the vulnerable truths because Um, There are so many wellness modalities out there right now that exist and they are, uh, you know, they are really on trend. So everybody has been to retreats, to yoga, to dance, to tantra, healing, meditation, therapy, all forms of modalities and, uh, and to the point where it's regurgitated extensively without, without you know, uh, the essence of what this work was all about. So there's a nugget of, of and a gem of uh, uh, information and, uh, and um, uh, juice within all of these modalities. But the heart of it is getting to the vulnerable truth. So rather than just externalizing a solution with five, the top five uh, solutions to confidence or to self-worth or to this or that it's what is the vulnerable truth what is the essence of what has created this burnout the essence of what has deflated your confidence the essence of disconnect the essence of your uh, of disembodiment the essence for sadness what is the um, the uh, underlying what is underneath all of this let's get to the depths so that we can take action and move towards direction that we we wanna go towards.
0: Why do you think big life events and often negative or a move, country move, but often negative, losing a job, divorce, death, why do you think Mm -hmm. that these things prompt these sort of beginnings of awakenings?
1: I went through a big event myself So I went through a divorce, the breakdown of my family. I also became a single mother, and it is a shock to the system. It 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 functions like a trauma um, because it goes against what you know or what you had held for yourself or hoped for yourself. It it gives you no choice when we think that we have more choice sometimes in the matter where we think we can control outcomes, which we can, but also to what extent we control our reactions to things more than life events so there are so many factors but these big events they are uh, they they touch on layers and touch on so many aspects of one's life from you know the a change of the current circumstances as we know it to the change of our you know to the to the um uh, uh, to the loss of what we had before to um Expectations or hopes that we had for ourselves that are no longer to having to, you know, reformulate, reorganize, rearrange a whole different system structure, belief system, uh, network, support structure, all of that like everything changes and they all impact each other and different parts of one's life. So, you know, when it impacts so much in one's life, you know, you're, you're given no choice
0: but to uplift or, uh, or really struggle. Mm. Yeah. I've had, I've had that happen too. I had a job loss and a relationship loss at once. And I was very mm. aware, like, I remember just feeling sort of like, you know, there's that, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but there's like, like I'm not really religious, but there is this song that Carrie Underwood sings called Jesus take the wheel. And I always, I was just saying that to myself during it. Like I was just like, okay, whatever that, whatever that sentiment of that song is, I'm just going to sort of take little baby steps. I feel like something huge has happened here and I have to open myself up to it. But I think Mm -hmm. the tendency is to fight, you know, when to fight, when you're losing something that you, you think you're supposed to have, like, how did you, how did, when you were in the depths of that, like, how did you walk through that?
1: So I I did go through a very, very difficult phase, um, but I had kids at that stage who were really young. And I felt that the way that I responded to that situation and that circumstance would model and dictate how my children experience it as well. So I really needed to connect with what it would be like for them if I, you know allowed myself to fall apart uh, versus to pick myself up and and, be, and and respond in a healthy way, which didn't mean that I, I, there was no demonstration of sadness or, or humanness or humanity or reality. there was but um, I, I, I didn't I didn't allow myself to uh, go into the narratives that could be self-destructive. Like because one, one negative nar- narrative can perpetuate and reproduce another itself and then produce a whole host of other negative narratives that bring you down. So I created a self, a support structure. It, the support structure consisted of um, a very healthy, balanced life within that crisis period. So I made sure I was asleep by a certain time. I was doing yoga more than other forms of exercise, several times a week. I had a spiritual teacher. I had my uh, parents who live here still, we grew up here. So my parents that live here. I was spending every single weekend at their house. So I was getting family support. I also ventured into new territory because you lose friendships after a divorce as well. So I had to start that from the very scratch, and uh, and that was exciting because I, you know, was meeting new people, and and that by virtue of doing that, you become a lot more open and receptive to the world, and uh, you also, from a place of pain, have a more compassionate uh, connection to other people and what their stories are, and more of a connection. So uh, so there was a real beauty in, in the pain as well. Yeah. There was also um, there was also I moved into a, I started working with a dynamic company at the time so I was traveling more. So I had some outlet for my pain so that I wasn't doing I wasn't feeling it constantly in front of my children. And then when I saw that I was able to in such a short time, create um, and organize my holding container you know not on my own with the support of all these people but with my own discernment I realized there is so much more power within us that we don't even know we have there's so we are so much more resourced than we think we are Um, and there's so much more beauty in the world than we even know of uh unless we connect to it tap into it and uh and, uh, put ourselves out there. So that's how I
0: dealt with that. Wow. Okay. Can you give us just a few, this is going to be superficial, but just in terms of embodiment, how to just feel a little bit more in your body, if you're just getting started, or if you're just hearing this, like I'm seeing all these Mm -hmm. dancing and all the sorts of things that people are doing. Do you have any sort of early things you teach people? Well, so my
1: program I have an
0: embodiment
1: program that is a full program consisting of first teaching them practices that they can use in a micro or macro capacity, and then we go through a coaching a coaching program, a top coaching program where we see what's happening in their lives and what they would like to change so that we can um we'll look at things from a different lens and feel things from a different lens and from the embodiment lens in particular and then we go into the vitality and joy part of the program so how to fuel oneself with joy and vitality uh rather than you know think of that at the end of all your hard work you know rather than you know uh align with meritocracy, the concept of meritocracy that you only merit your joy, you only merit your pleasure after a long day of work or after you've put the kids to bed or uh, if you're a student after you've done your homework. So no, we start on the flip side and we start with joy so that you're fueled to do everything else. So these three aspects um, are the framework of my program, uh, joy for fuel practices so that you can have uh, resources for sanity, both in the micro and macro sense, um, macro meaning, you know, dedicating time for practice, um, like an hour a day, let's say if there's something you're going through, but the micro practices are more like sprinkled throughout the day, kind of like how in Islam you pray five times a day so that you recenter. These um, these practices are uh, body practices that support that recentering. So for example, a different breath work for different states of your nervous system, Um, whether you are in an anxious state or whether you need to pick yourself up or a certain type of meditation that accentuates your presence or one that psychs you up, for instance, um, or certain movements that help you release like shaking, for example. So these are the practices that you can do on a practical level on a, on, a, on bite, in bite-sized form. Um, if you want to, if you're busy and you want to just sprinkle them out throughout the day but if you want to dedicate like indulgent time to exploring your embodiment, you can expand each of them into a one hour practice a day. And then, uh, and and then, in terms of the coaching, when when it comes to one's life, how to bring the body into it, how to bring the body into interpreting what is going on in your life, you know, there is always like the, the simplest, most practical response is to pause, to close your eyes, because closing your eyes helps you go inside rather than outside, so it helps you go inwards and uh and to feel where it is that you're feeling whatever it is you're feeling somatically so is it in your chest do you feel contracted or do you feel expanded is it in your throat is your throat constricted is it in your forehead because you know you're you're feeling upset how what's your body language like are you slouched or are you open or are you relaxed what's your energy energy like are you uh are you tense all right so so just to remember the, the body's language because the more you pay attention to the uh to the senses the more you are acute and the, the more you enhance your sensitivity to your to the language that really doesn't lie you know our thoughts are changing all the time, our emotions are changing all the time, but the body doesn't lie, the senses don't lie. Our disease is an expression of when we have gone too far, for instance. So so it's just, um, we, we start working on uh our life circumstances through the lens of the body how we can liberate tensions how we can expand pleasure how we can expand joy how we can expand expand energy how we can be aware of our menstrual cycle so that we are aligned with it and relaxing when we need to inwards when we need to or upwards and outwards when we are in that stage of, uh, of, uh, ovulation, for example, when we are ready to socialize or mate or, um, find a partner. So where are we in our, in our lives? What do we attune ourselves to so that we are more embodied?
0: Beautiful. And always remember when things are low, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to discover more about yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.